Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. Welcome to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. Today we're going to take a look into what Revelation is revealing and a new book that brings suspense as we look into a book that's a novel, but also into the revealing of Revelation. To do that is a couple of authors. We're going to be talking to one of them today. Author Amir Safari is a native Israeli, former major in the Israeli Defense Forces. He's the founder and president of Behold Israel. Rick Yon has been a pastor for over 40 years, and he has studied and taught prophecy for over 60 years. Well, with us here today on Cross Point, I have Amir Safari. Amir, um, you've written these books. We've got a couple of different ones to look at here. We've got one called Revealing Revelation and a workbook that goes along with it. And I'm always interested in novels. You also have one out by the way of deception. Uh, now, you've written this with uh, another author as well, I believe, Stephen Yon. And, and, yeah, uh, Steve Yon. Yeah. But anyway, I really do like novels. And I think really I appreciate them more when they're written with a lot of truth behind them and uh, the possibilities that the novel is just not something that's uh, made up, but it's something that's real and that could actually be happening and is happening. And I really like the way you started off the book because you referred to right at the front of the book some of the people that were in the Mossad and uh, what they're, how they look at things. And I think that kind of really, in a way, helps people understand the way the book's written by the way you know, by what the Mossad says and by the way of, of what this book is all about. Uh, and also, I noticed, too, that something you do, which not always is happening in novels, is you have a character list, which tells who the different people are that everybody, before you start reading, in other words. <laughs> so it tells people who they're reading about and stuff like that. So is this your first novel that you put together like this, or have you done others like this as well? Well, this is the second fiction novel uh, in a series that will probably include some somewhere between five to six ones. And uh, the first one was Operation Yoktan, uh, which is the first near Tavor thriller. And this is number two. The first one was more on the United Arab Emirates and the uh, Arabian Peninsula and Israeli operations in that uh, area. And the second, which is by way of deception, is mostly talking about Iran. As is, we all know, Iran is in the center of world attention for so many reasons. And I do believe that uh, this is sort of what I call a new genre called reality fiction, because the fiction is there, but it is based on true events and true Mossad operations that took place in those respective uh, locations. So this is something that is, is very important to me because I'm trying to establish you know, a way to educate people of what is really going on in the Middle East. And every novel will look at it from a different perspective of a different country. And altogether, eventually, the reader will understand all the players of the future war against Israel according to Ezekiel 38 and 39. So each book will concentrate on a different player 
And by the time you read the whole thing, it'll be so much easier for you to go back to Ezekiel, read it, and understand why these countries are coming up against Israel. So what you're saying is, and you, you take a book, This Way of Deception, and a book you wrote uh, beforehand as well, and you really bring people into it from a biblical understanding, and that's what you are putting into this novel, is a biblical understanding of why these things happen, and in reality of the world we know today, in other words, uh, from the world of yesterday, uh, to try to open people's eyes to that to help them understand. Exactly. It's a combination of, of current events, understanding of history and Bible, and, and I think one of the most important thing is, I am I- injecting into it a spiritual journey of an Israeli-born Jew in a Gentile, uh, uh, backslidden Gentile uh, girl that are, the first is searching for a Messiah, and the, the latter found him, and now is trying to lead him to his Messiah. So you see there a few layers. I mean, the layer of Mossad operation, the layer of, uh, you know, history, the layer of Bible, and then the layer of a spiritual journey. So if an Israeli picks up this book, he can actually identify with the protagonist, the, the, the main character, because this guy is an Israeli Mossad agent. He's, he's not yet a believer. And if a, if a believer is grabbing this book, he can identify the struggles of a believer. Um, and if just a history lover grabs the book, he learns so much of this area. And if, if it's just, you know, a thriller lover, I mean, it's packed with thriller, with, with thrilling operations. So the idea is to bring the gospel in a very unique, alternative and may I say, non-preachy way, to someone that will never step foot in in, in a Christian bookstore and grab a, a Christian book. Yeah, and and I as I've went through the book, I really have jumped to the back of the book here for a moment in the author's note uh, that's in here because you say right there you say living day by day with the sword hanging over your head, that is the experience of the Jewish Israeli citizen. And while the attitudes of several neighboring states have been upgraded from the intense hatred to the strong dislike due to the Abraham Accords, there are still plenty of countries who want nothing to do better than to see the state of Israel pushed into the sea. The chief among these enemies is Iran. And then you say at some point you talk about how this Islamic regime in Iran come up with this tactical decision rather than face your enemies head on to invest heavily in the many terrorist uh, militias in Syria, Iran, and Iraq, and Yemen, and and from there. Uh, That's what you're trying to open people's eyes up to is, you know, how you have to live day by day over there. I mean, I've been in Israel. I've seen everybody with uh, weapons, a lot of people that's in the IDF. In fact, I was there with the embassy, and the IDF was uh, moving us around a lot and stuff while we were there. And, you know, we got to talk to them and hear their side of the story and a lot of things. And uh, it really opens your eyes up a lot more. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, We, For us here, it's a daily reality. But when you come from the outside, it's quite a spectacular thing to see. And, 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 and the thing is, I think most Israelis are not even aware of how much they're fulfilling Bible prophecy. I think they, most of them don't even understand the magnitude of the moment of, of the rebirth of this country 
and, and this nation back in its land after 2,000 years. And, and for us, you know, you, for me, I was born already in Jerusalem, but my, my mother was not. My mother was born on the way to Israel, and her mother was born in Poland. Um, I'm the first generation back in the land after 2,000 years, at least in my uh, family. So it was, it, it's, it's a fascinating thing for me not to take things for granted and to look back and understand that this is a struggle of a nation, but it's a nation that was called by God to this land and to live here. You know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people try to separate Jewish people from Israelis and Jewish religion from being a national Israeli. And, and it's nice if they do that, but they don't understand that the first thing that God called Israel to do is not to be a religion, but to be a nation. And so this is the story of a nation that God created, God is protecting, God is defending, and God is fighting for. And most of the players in this whole chessboard are not even aware of that. And the few that are, are trying to convince the others that it's much bigger than just, you know, a Mossad operation. It's much bigger than just a politician or a military figure. There is a God that is controlling everything. Now, I'm going to kind of talk about the end part here of the book. You say we felt it was a worthy literary task uh, risk in order to able to communicate the wider danger that exists for Israel and other countries due to the lethal potential of um, Iran's proxy militias. But you said our hope is that the reader enjoys this book. There will be three elements that they will, uh, you know, come through. Uh, can you tell us about those three elements you want people to get from this book, uh, The Way of Deception? Yeah, for us, we we really want uh, people to uh, you know understand both the the biblical importance of Israel to understand what is it to be a nation that is struggling to survive, but also to understand the future, the future that is coming around, and to understand that God is in control and that the Word of God has been telling us about it for the longest time. It's important that everybody understand that there is a, a blueprint here. We don't live in a world that things just happen coincidentally. We, the Bible says that the Lord said to Isaiah, I am God, there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done. It's important that people understand that there is a God that is orchestrating everything and that he des- he desires us to be in, in, in relationship with him. And no matter what, his presence in our life is the most important thing. And it's above wars, and it's above Mossad operations, and it's, it's above, you know, politicians, it's above everything. And this is the bottom line of this book, by the way. It's to lead people to a personal relationship with the Messiah through seeing the sovereignty of God. And Israel is the peace. By the way, as I speak to you right now, F-16s are taking off right outside of my house. F-16s, and we're, we're talking about 20 of them that just took off. Now, I don't know if they're on their way f- for a mission or it's a 
just a you know exercise. But I do know one thing: not in a single moment in Israel, without at least one that is in the air. This is our life. Yeah. We people wants to destroy us. We always have to be ready. We always have to be alert, and we always have to be prepared. You know, you mentioned too here about uh, your concern, and and this. You know, I, I think books like this, The Way of Deception, even though it is a, a novel, it's a it's a novel that's a, a eye-opening novel, I guess I would call it. But you get a lot of this information uh, because you were in the Israeli Defensive Forces, correct? You you spent correct. time there, and so correct. you kind of you understand firsthand how they work. You know, where other people sometimes don't. You have some personal experience from that. Exactly, and uh, this is. Uh this is why I can speak with much confidence. I can, I mean, there are things that I obviously will never tell people that I did, uh, things that are not even related to my military service, but what I did right after. But I will tell you that when I speak about these things, I speak with great knowledge and acquaintance of, of the way we do things. And every Israeli, by the way, must, by law, serve in the military, unless he's exempt for a specific reason, but this is our life. My daughter, right now, she's 22. She was called to uh, reserve duty for two weeks. She's working in the Navy. Uh, my, my older son, he's in a combat unit. My third is about to uh, uh, join the Army next year. This is it. It's not a matter of if, it's just when. And each and every one of my kids are privileged to serve in the military. We don't see that as a, as a bad thing. It's a privilege to serve the country, defend the country, and, and this is our ticket to the Israeli society. Look, if you never served in the Israeli military, half of the small talks between people you will never understand. The first thing we ask each other, where were you in the military? And then, do you know this guy? Do you know that guy? You know, this is part of who we are. It's part of our language. It's part of our our, our culture. We and so yeah. So when I write stuff like that, I write it with much knowledge and experience. So I think that it, it adds a lot of validity to these words in this book. Okay. Now you've written several books, and we're going to be talking about some other books here in our next two segments. But if people wanted to find out more about this book by way of deception or other work you've done or, or what other work you do, because I know you speak on the prophecy circuit some and you are out there uh, traveling, uh, how can people find out more about you, your ministry, and this book? Okay. First of all, the name of the ministry is Behold Israel. So beholdisrael.org, it's the website. But they, if they want to read mostly about this book, it's, there is another landing page called bywayofdeception.com. And they can read about that book. The same goes with all the other books. But again, you can they can find information and the books on our website. They can follow us there. I mean, of course, we're also on social media. Behold Israel. You can find it on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, and even Twitter. All right. Okay, well, folks, stay with us, and we're going to be back with more right after this. This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. 
Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. You're listening to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor, and welcome back to today's show. Uh, folks, we're talking today with Amir Safari. And uh, Amir, I think your people would recognize your name because we run like uh, Jan Markell, All Tree Ministries, um, you know, and several other prophecy programs here on the radio station. And I know you're a guest on her show many times and, and others as well. Um, and so you're out here and, you know, you're, you're uh, kind of looking how things overall look in the world of prophecy and you you have a great insight for it and you put a together book called revealing revelation now you have the book and you also have a workbook that goes along with that and uh, this book revealing revelation kind of presents a clear timeline of end time events including the rapture and the tribulation the second coming of christ the millennium kingdom and eternity how did you put this all together and uh what are you wanting the people now to try to get out of revealing revelation how God's plans for the future can change your life now? You know, Mark, I think the book of Revelation is the single most either ignored or abused book of the Bible. And I say that because, I, you know, I've been watching people's videos or sermons, and of course I'm getting tons of questions following all of those sensational videos or that suggest so many things that are not exactly true. I think that there is a, there's a lot of confusion. And the confusion, confusion, for the most part, goes back to the fact that there are different views of uh, the, the timing of, of the book of Revelation. And that's why a lot of people are are kind of confused. There's those that teach that uh, everything already happened, those preterists, there's those that think that it's all historical, those that look at it as a symbolic thing, and there's those, like me, who believe in the future. This is all a future uh, a picture of, of what is going to happen, and this is literal, and it's going to happen. Just as the past and the present happen literally, the future is the same. So that is exactly why I thought it's so important to write a book. And by the way, this is a work of myself and Dr. Rick Yon, who's 85 years old. He's uh, someone who taught Bible prophecy for many, many years, and, and Bible in general, in, in, in universities and in, in, in seminaries. And of course, he was a, a pastor of churches in different parts of uh, both America and Canada. And I, I met him when I was in Israel as a tour guide years ago. I think it was uh, 2005 for the first time. And since then, we became very good friends, and he helped me with this very important book. And um, I just wanted to clarify everything in this book, because there's so much confusion. On the other hand, there's so much blessing that is promised to everyone that is reading uh, this book. The Bible says, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. So it's important, I think, to not let this important, amazing blessing to slip uh, uh, away just because it's hard to understand, so we don't touch it. And I also believe, uh, with all of my heart, that um, the best way for someone like me, who has been a tour guide for many, many years, to, to take someone through this book is literally to take him on a tour. And this is uh, 
what it was all about. I, I take people on a tour through the book. It's not a seminary-type uh, book that goes verse by verse, word by word. It is a tour through all 22 chapters of Revelation. It's, I think it's a very good and easy way to understand a book that is so hard for so many to grasp. Well, Amir, that's the way you kind of start out the book. You go, welcome to the tour. And when you flip the exactly. page over there on eight, it said, it's because I want everyone to experience these guaranteed blessings that I've written this book. It is true that at first, Revelation can be intimidating. However, once you start reading, you'll be shocked at how easy it is to understand. So you say it is easy to understand. And do you say also that you... You through this book, Revealing Revelation, you look at all the 22 chapters of Revelation. You bring them into this. Is that correct? Absolutely. All of them. Again, it's not a verse-by-verse, word-by-word, but we're covering all the 22 chapters, and we are making sure that everyone understands why this book was written, when it was written, to whom it was written, and then... What is it the Apostle John uh, saw, and what is it that we need to grasp from it? And it's very important to also understand where is the place of the Church in the book of Revelation, because that is probably the biggest source of confusion for so many people. And of course, as someone who who believes in a uh, pre-tribulation rapture of the Church, I can clearly see how in chapter 4, as John goes up, it's as if we go up and see the rest of of, of the events until chapter uh, uh, 19 and then 20 and 21 and 22. Until then, we're just gone. The word church has not even mentioned there anymore throughout the entire amazing events of the tribulation with all the judgments of God upon the earth. So, you know, we go and we break things down, and we explain things in a way that it's easy to understand. And not only that I wrote this book, but I am beginning next month to travel around the world together with my good friend, Pastor Barry Stagner and, and Pastor Mike Golay from Behold Israel. And we will start doing a sometimes two days, sometimes one day, a, a Revealing Revelation conference, where we're going to teach that book in, in a a way of, of, of about seven different messages that will begin on Friday evening and then throughout the entire day of Saturday. And we want to teach the whole book of Revelation in one weekend in every possible country on planet Earth. That's my my dream. And we start with the Philippines in January. We'll continue later on also in, in Europe in, in, the book, in the month of May, we'll continue in America in July, in Canada in August, in Australia and New Zealand in September, and that's just the beginning. Well, I can tell that, you know, this is a very thing that you're passionate about. I know you want it to be a, kind of an, you want people's eyes to be opened to what lies ahead for every person concerning the end times, either on, and you say, on heaven or earth. And then you say, are you prepared for what is to come? What are you wanting people to get prepared for? Uh, you know, because again, here's where the different people uh, with their different ideas come out and say, well, we're going to have to go through the tribulation. You got to prepare for that. What are you trying to prepare for people for with revealing revelation? First of all, I, I, I'm interested in people to understand that no matter how hard things are today in our world, nothing is 
remotely close to what the book of Revelation is describing. None, none of the things that we see today. I mean, if people thought COVID is something that is, you know, some, somehow close to events in Revelation, it's not. It's not, because if you really think about it, yes, there was a pandemic. Yes, it wasn't great. Yes, the world did come together in, in a kind of a scary way. But at the same time, two and a half years later, here we are, back to normal. There is no normal in the book of Revelation. It's not going to start and then two years later get normal. The progression in the book of Revelation is such an enormous thing that there is not a single day throughout the seven years of tribulation that will even be uh, calm and relaxing as even the worst day today in our world today. People don't understand that. When, when you try to compare things today to what the book of Revelation say, you are cheapening. You are actually taking away from the severity of the judgment that is about to come. And that is why it's so easy to say, hey, the church will go through the tribulation. If you don't understand the severity of the tribulation, of everything that is going to happen there, if you don't understand that the world has never seen, ever, anything like that before, if you don't understand that, then it's so easy to suggest that we might be here. <laughs> but honestly, this is something that is so important to me. The, the blessed hope of the believer is the fact that the Lord Jesus is soon coming to take us out of here. That's the blessed hope that we have. The, yeah. And that's why Paul said in First Thessalonians 4, when he speaks of the rapture of the church, he says, you have to encourage one another with these words. <laughs> What am I going to encourage them with? Hey, we're going to go through the seven most terrible years in man's, you know, history. And not only that, you know, it's important to understand that every one of the things that are mentioned in the book of Revelation is not new ideas that were never there before. I quote tons of verses from the Old Testament that um, makes people understand that these are not new things. It's just that John had a revelation that finally puts together everything in the right way for, for him to deliver it in one piece. But throughout all the books of the prophets, in Ezekiel, in Isaiah, and others, most of the events of Revelation have been already foretold. And it's quite interesting to see that. Yeah, so you believe the book of Revelation is really the culmination of God's words through the Old and the New Testament, just Absolutely. brought together in, and into the book of Revelation. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the language that, that John was using, the, the images that John saw, I, I, I literally, every chapter I show people that these are the things that also Ezekiel saw. These are the things that also Isaiah saw. It, it just so people understand, this is the same Word of God. It's not, it's not something new. It's, it's something that is finally revealed to us. That's why it's revelation. He finally understands that which was foretold before by so many prophets. It's definitely a culmination of everything in the Old and the New Testament, and that is such an important book that a blessing is promised to everyone that is reading it and hearing it and keeping it, and a curse is uh, upon those that are trying to take away from it or change it or dismiss it. And that is important. I mean, no book in the, in the Bible starts with such a verse like 
Revelation 1-3. There is no such thing. That is why I don't understand how can any pastor afford not to teach this book. And I know that, you know, from being in Israel when I was there with the, uh, the Christian embassy, they you know, would bring people in, when I say people, Jewish people, that would teach us in the mornings before we went out in the afternoons to do whatever we were doing, and or at different events we would go to. And, and when you're from Israel, when you're there, when you understand the Hebrew and all the different uh, aspects of, of, of the Bible from that direction, you see things in a different light and understand them in a different light many times than the normal, regular American pastor would understand. I mean, in fact, if I understand right, you well, you live in Israel, but your backyard kind of looks out over where the Battle of Armageddon's to be fought. Is that correct? Yeah. My backyard is looking at Megiddo, the Valley of Megiddo, the uh, Valley of Jezreel, Armageddon, exactly, and definitely a great reminder of the things that happened in the past and the things that will happen in the future. And uh, I cannot escape from it, but I think that the knowledge of Hebrew the knowledge of the Old Testament, the knowledge of the culture, the knowledge of the language, the knowledge of the people and, and their traditions, all of that gives you probably a good way to deal with so much that is foreign to someone who comes from, a, I guess, non-Jewish background. But it has to be very clear. I don't think that there is anything that the Jew uh, has any advantage over a non-Jew when we come to Christ, in Christ, there is no Jew, no Gentile. But I think apart from Christ, there is, you know, obviously the Jewish, just like the book of Romans says, they do have advantage of, to them was given the law and the oracles and the promises, and from them and through them came the Messiah. These are things that you cannot change. It's historical fact. But when you reach the Messiah and the knowledge of the Messiah and salvation, there is absolutely no advantage to the Jew. In Christ, we're all the same. That is important. So when I travel, I'm not traveling and teaching with the attitude of, I know better. You must listen to me because I'm Jewish or I'm Israeli. No, I'm simply enjoying the cultural uh, advantage or, or, or maybe the... the the knowledge of the language and the people, um, and, and just it, it helps me to explain things better. But before God, I don't think there is any different classes of Christians. There's no such thing. I, I just find it easier for me with my knowledge of the language and the and the culture. It's easier for me, I guess, to explain things uh, be, because of that. Yeah, this is very very important to study this book to understand the words, and to be blessed by them. Look, there's so many blessings. There's sevenfold blessing to all those who who read uh, the book of Revelation. It's in Revelation 1, 3, and Revelation 14, 13, and Revelation 16, 15, and Revelation 19, 9, and 26, and 22, 7, and 22, 14. Seven different blessings uh, upon those who read, hear, and obey the words of this prophecy. This is why I believe of all the books that I've written so far, this is by far the most important one, I believe, to for people to read because of the fact that it is it is something that can explain God's plan for, for, for every one of them and, and, and even change lives. When you get a, 
the right perspective of what's going to happen in this world, it makes you more effective as an evangelist. It makes you more effective as someone who wants to live for Christ. When you understand what he's going to take us from, not through, you gain a greater gratitude, appreciation, and zeal to speak to non-believers and to lead them to Christ. And that's, that's a very good point. Folks, stay with us. We're going to be back with Revealing Revelation right after this. At just the right time. It just fits into what is happening in your life that day. Just when you need it most. Thanks for making us a part of your day. 91.7 The Word. Welcome back to Cross Point. I'm Mark Taylor. I'm glad you're with us today because I've got Amir Safari with us today. And Amir has written a book along with uh, Dr. Rick Yon, uh, Revealing Revelation. Now, uh, there's also a workbook with this. Amir, why did you put the workbook into this? You see, I'm always against people being fed by YouTubes or or man-made works or books that some some pastors wrote. It's important always to direct people to the Bible. And therefore, as much as I love Revealing Revelation, and that is a beautiful tour through the 22 chapters of the last book of the Bible, it was necessary for us to also write a workbook that will take people deeper into the, the Scriptures and make them go and check and read and, and learn and fill out the, the void, the, the blanks all across. There's a tons of questions there that you have to ask yourself, and without reading scriptures, you, you cannot do that. You see, books are nice, but they can never replace the Bible. YouTubes are nice, but they can never replace a church. These are things that everyone, everyone wants to understand. In fact, most of, apart from the fiction, all of my books have a study guide because it's important for me that everything I write will be backed up, not just by Scripture, but by people going and studying deeper to understand how I came to those conclusions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, always, always be a good Berean. Check if the things that you heard matches the Bible that you have. Well, just looking at something here on in from your workbook, uh, it says many believers think that serving the Lord is optional, but nothing is further from the truth. You and I were born to serve, not to be served. We were born to glorify God by meeting the needs of others, and one day we will be standing before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of how faithful we were to God and it did entrust us. And then you, you point out here and you try to get people, you say, what am I naturally good at? What I do, you know, enjoy doing, how has God equipped me? You know, you're, so this is, can be used in a discussion group uh, with many people exactly. or just one person, correct? Exactly. And, and we hear hundreds uh, of people are writing us that uh, they are actually forming a, a study group. Uh, sometimes it's, officially hosted by the church. Sometimes it's just a spontaneous gathering, and they go through both the book and the workbook together. And this is it, you know. What you just gave is an example to how personal it can, take, it can be, how, how, can, how, how you can take a, a biblical truth and apply it to your own life. Ask yourself the questions. Where am I standing in light of this scripture? Where am I standing in, in, in light of, of the will of God? It's not just general. It's very, very intimate 
and very, very personal. And I just love it. I mean, and again, every book that I, I, I wrote and the, the books that I will write in the future, and some of them are already in the pipe, by the way. Uh, at least two books are already written, but they're, they're not published yet. Uh, all of them will always have a study guide or workbook alongside them because, to me, reading a nice book, it's nice, but if you want a, an added value and if you want to apply the truth of that book in your life, you need to go deeper and you need to ask yourself the question. You need to fill out the blanks. And, and above all, you need to have not just reading the scripture as quoted in my book, but reading the scriptures as written in your own Bible. Yeah. And, and I noticed, too, in the book, because I, it looks like you believe that many people need to be changing the way they live because you do believe the future is just around the corner, that we are Absolutely. very close to uh, seeing this book of Revelation explode. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. I believe so. I believe that uh, there is no generation in the history of mankind that has seen s such convergence of prophecies as, as our generation. Yeah. I, I believe that we are the generation that saw more prophecies fulfilled than all generations since the time of Jesus Christ himself, when he came and fulfilled so many of them then. And I think that to whom much is given, much is also required. From It's very important that we understand that the, when the fig tree is blooming, when Israel is back in the land, when, when Jerusalem is back in our hands, when, when the Hebrew language is back spoken, when you see the branches of that fig tree coming back to life, and also when you see that not just that Israel is back in the land, Israel is prosperous. Israel is in such position that countries will gang together to come and steal and take booty and plunder. This is something that you could not say 20 years ago, even 15 years ago, or certainly not 30 or 40 years ago. But we're at the point where not only we are in the position of having something, in our case, natural gas and oil, that the world wants, but also we have the amazing coalition that never existed before. Never. Never, ever. Iran and Russia and Turkey work together the way they do now. It's quite amazing. So to see all of this and not to conclude that our redemption is drawing near, that it would be a great mistake. Yeah. See, we don't know the day or the hour, but we surely know the time and the season. Yeah, You can kind of give me insight, because I even think back to the book we talked about in the first segment, By Way of Deception, and then, you know, Revealing Revelation Now. You know, you see what's going on with Russia, and now Iran has got an alliance going with them, supplying them with things uh, in this Ukrainian war. Yeah. And, and you look at it and you say, man, this is playing perfectly in to where these two are joining forces now greater than ever. Correct. Where... Russia will come to their aid whenever they decide to do so. I don't know. It, you're right. Everything is building like we've never seen before, isn't it? In fact. Absolutely. And, and if before Russia could dismiss Iran, you know, only stay friends if, if it wanted to, today Russia depends on Iran. So if Iran is anti-Israel, what do you think Russia will turn into in the near future? <laughs> I mean, if you're depending on weapons coming from that country, you will start singing the same melodies and same songs, and then it'll be followed by actions. 
Yeah, so we know the book Revealing Revelations kind of is giving us an, an outlay to prepare people for what is coming uh, to get them to open their eyes to that. Now, you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the pastors, especially here in the American churches, don't always want to talk about Revelation. They don't want to teach the book and, and they don't want to study that. Why are people afraid of, of teaching what's in this book that you say is a beautiful yeah. book that actually is backed up by the Old and New Testament? I think there's two reasons why pastors will stay away from it. A, this book has been abused, misused, and so many crazy prophecy teachers took so many things out of context and made fool of themselves that nobody wants to take the risk and, and teach it and, and fall into the same trap. That's, that's probably one reason. The other reason is the book requires you to have a knowledge of things and to to dare to dare to believe that everything that God says that is going to happen is going to happen because look that's what I'm trying to say the, the events in the book of revelation are so amazing spectacular so big so almost imaginary in in, in some people's minds that if people don't see how great God is and how how much you know he can do and if people belittle him and, and put things only in the, what I call, symbolic context, then, you know, it's not going to be effective. I, I, I think that people are afraid of all the events and the symbolism, different creatures, different, you know, the, the bulls and the trumpets. They don't understand it. They don't understand it because they fail to approach the book literally. So when it's all symbolic, now it makes them try to find out, okay, what does it symbolize? What is it a symbol of? Which, obviously, it's not. <laughs> and so when they don't have the answer, they rather not touch it than say that they don't know. And by the way, this book, I believe, is first and foremost for pastors. Because when a pastor feels very comfortable with the book, then it's easier for him to teach it. But when he's afraid to approach and touch a book because maybe it's too complicated for him, then why would he stand there and make fool of himself and, and in front of everyone? I, as far as I'm concerned, every email we get as a ministry from pastors that are asking for this book, we're shipping it at no cost. I mean, for me, it is an important thing that pastors will teach. That's force multiplier. I mean, can you imagine if somebody's standing there and teaching hundreds of people? Then there you go. Or thousands of people. So I am a great believer in the literal approach, in the futuristic approach, in the fact that just like everything happened literally in the past and is happening literally in the present, it will happen literally in the future. So many times along history, pastors were teaching that the church has replaced Israel. And then came 1948 and poof, hit them in their face. Because it appears that God is not done with Israel. And now what are we going to do? Now what are we going to say? How are we going to explain all the heresy we've been teaching for all those years? And this is exactly the thing when we ignore the fact that God means what he says and says what he means. And we will never choose to study or teach a book like this. 
Well, Amir, you apparently are gathering a lot of attention by this book and other books that you put out. I know that your uh, email list is 175,000 subscribers. I think you got over a half a million of YouTube subscribers and then thousands and thousands of views beyond that, millions of Facebook followers. Uh, so you've got people's attention and you've got them, you know, where, you know, you can you can speak to them in those areas. This book, Revealing Revelation, the other book we talked about as well, this is all part of your ministry. Can you, before we wrap this up, tell people how they can find out more about making contact with you, following you on YouTube, finding out yeah. more about this book, maybe even being involved or being at one of these events when you start making this tour uh, with the others uh, and talking about these things. Yes. Well, thank you, Mark. Well, first of all, we've got a website called BeholdIsrael.org. On that website, you can find all the books, all the workbooks, DVDs, study guides. You can also find on that website where I'm teaching around the world, when is it that we're hosting an Israel tour or tours in some other Bible lands, such as Greece, Turkey, Jordan, and so. And, um, of course, on social media, either by my name or just by Behold Israel. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And I think the most powerful part of social media that I've uh, seen so far is Telegram. Telegram is a, a new platform where I have my own channel where I'm not shadow banned, I'm not restricted, I'm not being spied uh, by, by some fact checkers uh, that are, all, for the most part, liberal progressives. So it's really the only way for me to speak, first of all, the truth, to give news that are very unfiltered, I would say, and most, uh, the, mo the most important thing, to say things as they are, without having any fear that uh, I will be removed from it. So this is why it's a very fast-growing channel with over 300 and, I think, 316, 17,000 uh, subscribers. It doesn't cost a dime. It's free. And you just go to Telegram uh, Messenger, download it, and find my name and find the, the channel, and it's very easy, very, very easy. And uh, we're there to not replace the church, by the way. We're there to assist, and we're there to encourage, and we believe that everyone should go to church, should be fed regularly, should also contribute and give to the church, and we're happy to be a supplement when it comes to world events and Bible prophecy. Well, Amir Safari, thank you so much for being with us today here on Crosspoint. It's been very enlightening to talk to you. Thank you, Mark. God bless you. Man, that was a good interview today we had with Amir Safari. And folks, uh, I think something that Amir pointed out there, he said, you know, we can study and learn things from books, but we better know the Bible. That's the book I have in my other hand right now. The Bible is the most important book we need to know about that helps us understand these other books like Amir and others have put together. Why? Because it's the Word of God. It's never outdated. It leads you down the road of encouragement. It helps you find eternal life. It is inspired words of God. It's never outdated. The Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read and certainly ever follow. Be sure and join us again next time as we again discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week. Allow God to use you for His purposes so that greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNAO Radio.
Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNEO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, the Osho, Missouri, 64850, or by email crosspoint at kneo.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen any... Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083.